What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Pit Podcast. And today, folks, it is all about the recruiting. Pit landed five commits over this past recruiting weekend. We're going to talk about three of them. Two of them haven't announced just yet. We're going to talk about them and what they bring to the table and why you shouldn't be worried about what's going on just yet. It's all coming up today on this episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. As always, I am your host, Nick Fairbond. And if you are watching this on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, subscribe. Do all that great stuff. Turn on the notification bell. If you are listening to this, make sure to leave a review, leave feedback. Always appreciate that, folks. Now, folks, it's, it's recruiting season. It's recruiting season. We know that recruiting is all of the buzz here in June as it's all the official visits are coming and Everything is whirlwinding for Pitt right now in terms of that. And in fact, it's whirlwinding to a point where there are good things and there are things that are questionable, right? We see all the canceled visits this week and, and everyone is up in arms and I get it. But also this past weekend, you host six, you host 12 guys, you get five commitments from a few solid players and really it's been a successful season if you put that into your metrics right six commits the first official visit weekend they don't have one the next this next official visit weekend they land five out of 12 Uh, so this has just been a great and, and and i mean this this has just been a great kind of season for Pitt in terms of converting the guys they get on campus into commits. It always is that way. Pitt does a really good job as a team of winning when they get guys on campus. And that has made them a really good recruiting team, even amongst, you know, some of the higher ranked guys when they get those guys on campus a lot. This is a team that can really push for these guys and get them. Um, and it makes it a lethal kind of worry for any team whenever they enter recruiting. So when we're talking about someone coming next weekend, like a Hakeem Williams, for example, and you look at the teams that are in there, which is obviously Miami, Florida State, you know, Texas A&M, all the top schools, Alabama, Georgia, everyone that we look at in terms of this is who – you your usual suspects are for a kid from South Beach that's a highly rated kid. They're all there, right? But Pitt's there too, and it's like, why is Pitt there? But you have to worry about Pitt because Pitt does a nice job of converting on some of these guys. Now, they only have true one one four star right now in the class of twenty twenty two or twenty three rather with Kenny Minchie, who also happens to be the quarterback prospect, which is a, a very good sign in the very least for that. So, who they land this weekend? Now, again, two of the kids we're not going to be discussing on here because they have not announced it yet. I don't want to breach that moment, 
Uh, I think they're two very exciting prospects that I think, you know, when they do commit, we will discuss them on here and talk about why they are pretty exciting, but we are not going to discuss them here because they have not publicly announced their commitments yet. And they deserve that moment as per usual. Every kid does deserve that moment. It's a once in a lifetime type of thing. So I'm not going to jump on their moment and, and discuss them uh, committing just yet until they do that publicly. Um, so we're going to discuss the three guys that have uh, committed publicly in Montrevious Lloyd, Braylon Lovelace, and Rasheem Biles. Uh, and I think that you have to look at, at someone, you know, someone that would not be happy with some of these lands, like Biles and Lovelace, right? Lovelace was not rated prior to this week on Rivals. Uh, he's a three-star on 24-7 Sports. Now he's a three-star on Rivals. He was rated after he committed. Biles is a three-star on both sites. Uh, and, and the offer sheets aren't necessarily jumping at you, right? Biles has teams like Purdue, West Virginia in there. Uh, Lovelace, his only other Power 5 offer was Virginia Tech, and he was slated to go on an official visit, just like Biles was to West Virginia. Uh, so the Pitt had to jump on these guys, and, and this is what I would say. Because someone, you know, you look at the official visits list that they would have had this past week, and it's the Harris twins, Jalen Smith, Colin Dunn. They have all these really talented linebackers. Well, none of them are coming anymore uh, because it's because the linebacking, the linebackers are probably done for this cycle. Oh, yeah, so many linebackers. And, and kind of no matter what you feel about that, I think you have to give the staff a little do. And, you know, they have evaluated these kids. And, yeah, I think there is – you can have good speculation and good skepticism. And by that I mean, you know, you, you don't have to be so down in the ditch about this where you're like, this is a terrible recruiting class. But I also think you have to give them their due a little bit, right? Pitt has found gems in the past in this arena at different positions. Sarasio Dennis is the big one, obviously. They've also, but you can also point to kids like this that have obviously, on the opposite end, not worked out. So it's it's a game to play, and I think you have to give Randy Bates and Pat Narduzzi leeway in that area that they probably have you know, evaluate these linebackers really well. They have evaluated these players well. They won an ACC championship with these kind of players on their team, right? And the offer sheets aren't super strong, and that might be what gives you pause. And you're like, well, what What about the other staffs? And we'll discuss specifically Lovelace and Biles because I think that we can look at their games and see why Pitt might be higher on, say, them there may be another team or there are circumstances surrounding this kid that maybe other teams would be like, mm, I don't know. And so I think this in particular, when you look at someone like a Biles or a Lovelace and they take them over someone that is rated higher by, say, 24-7 sports, rivals, on three, whatever you use, ESPN, whatever recruiting major service you use, you look at that and say, well, what did they see? And then you kind of have to look to their specific scouting and what they would look in their scheme, and I think that explains it. I think overall it was a successful weekend. I understand the trepidation because, you know, Pitt, I think Pitt fans thought we're going to level up. And 
And what that meant was we're going to land five, six, four stars, and that just hasn't happened yet. Now, it doesn't mean it can't happen. It doesn't mean it can't happen late in the cycle, right? We're only in June. The cycle's not going to end until February. Uh, so it could happen. It certainly could happen. There could be trepidation about offensive line recruiting. There could be trepidation at the tight end. There could be a trepidation on all of this stuff. But I also think when it comes to linebackers and, and all that, give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Because when you turn on the tape to a degree, uh, I think you can see what the, they were looking for. And obviously, if they took Lovelace and they took Biles, now, obviously their board, those guys were in the same tier as other higher-rated guys by the recruiting services. And even with better offer sheets, Pitt is betting on themselves in that regard. And so I think that that is something to take into account, too. Pitt liked these guys clearly enough to take their commitments right now. And so I think you have to respect it. And they, they are excited. They are very excited uh, about these commitments, as was evidenced by some of their tweets while this was going on. So they are very excited about this. And it's, it's, not, a, it's not the fact that, you know, someone could be a little bit disappointed by this and all. It's that you can have skepticism, but you can't act like the world's fallen, right? You can't act like Pitt is having a super bad class. You could maybe question it, but let's let's look at the logic. They clearly had these kids ranked high enough for a reason. I'm going to try and tell you those reasons and maybe get why. You don't have to necessarily agree with it all, but I want to give you guys some insight into why I think Biles and Lovelace were up there with other higher-rated guys by recruiting services in the system. It has a lot to do for me with what their fit in Pat Narduzzi's scheme could potentially mean. I want to talk about those guys, but first let me let you know about Built Bar because folks from the people that invented healthy and tasty, you have coconut brownie chunk puff. You're going to love this, folks. It is delicious. It is a Built Bar puff covered in 100% real chocolate, and it is their next rollout, and it is incredible. Stop and listen. They are good for you. They are low in calories. They are low in sugar, high in protein, delicious as can be. You're going to love what the ch- coconut brownie chunk puffs are and what they can do. They're only available for a limited time, so you got to get them now. Then, folks, all you have to do to do this, go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and get 50% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 50% off at Built.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. And let's get into some of these players now, and let's discuss what I think you look at with a guy like Braylon Lovelace, who I want to discuss right now. I think Braylon Lovelace, you know, a kid from Leechburg who is obviously not going to play in the high levels of competition, right? Not like he's playing at Central Catholic. He's not playing at Pine Richland, North Allegheny, you know, these – big schools that you will, that you would say, yes, those are big time uh, competition, Mount Lebo, whatever you might want to put it, right? He's playing in single A. And there have obviously been a lot of good players coming out of this area of the Whippeal um, in terms of the Quips, obviously Jeanette. Uh, there's been a lot of other guys that have come out of these schools that have been really good. Now, I think what people, what, what what's unconventional about what just happened with Lovelace was he comes to camp here, he gets his offer, sets up an official visit, commits. This literally happened in about a week. He was at 
a camp the week before, came on an official visit, committed. That's it. Pitt now is Brady and Lovelace. And what you have to think about with some of these camp guys, especially guys that go at the single A level like that, that might not play at a high level of competition. You get to see them up front. You get to see them against guys that are higher level, right? You get to see them against other guys that could potentially be offers. Uh, so you get to see these guys against good players, to be quite honest with you. Uh, you get to see them read, react. You get to see their athleticism. You get to see their height and weight. You get to see how they look, how they command themselves, their personalities. You get to see all of that on the football field. So it's a very – it's a practice environment without the pads, but you get to see – the football DNA, the pedigree that they play with, and the, the style of which they play with. It's not foolproof, but that's probably why they were so comfortable with trying to get Lovelace on. Now, you watch the tape with Brayden Lovelace, and it's pretty fun. Uh, he's a really, really athletic player. And he's a man amongst boys. And this is kind of like if I were evaluating an FCS transfer to the FBS, right? If we're evaluating back when you evaluate Tyler Wilps coming to pit, right? What do you want to see? Well, I want to see he's a man amongst boys. I want to see that he has that projectable athleticism. He has power five projectable athleticism. There's no doubt about this. The guy's explosive. He's quick and he's agile. He's a really, really good athlete. And I think that is something that sticks out right away to me about Braylon Lovelace is that he's 100% going to be a very good athlete. He's a plus athlete at the position. So that's something that stands out. 6'2", 198, good size, does need to bulk up a little bit. You would expect so coming from the, one of those small programs. So get him in an NCAA program. Man, he has a lot of room to fill out in his frame. I'm telling you, he could be 225, 230, 235 at his max, and he could be a really good player. And, and I see, you know, a guy at 6'2", with some underrated length. I, I think that there are, are some projectables here. When we look at a guy like this, man, I think that you're going to look at him and immediately fit him in at potentially that star position. But but I look at him right now and just look at, you know, that 6-2 frame and how much room it looks like he has to grow. Man, this guy could play at the mic to me if he grows into his body well enough. This guy could play at the money. You know, we've seen guys come in that say they're going to play star Bengali, Camara, one of those, uh, Phil Campbell, another when you look at guys that have come in and said, well, I'm going to play star, and then they move to money, I think we could see Lovelace as a really good money backer because of how he attacks and how good he is coming downhill. And so, you know, the, the offer sheet can also be explained because sometimes coaches from other areas, you know, don't want to offer a kid that is at that lower level of competition because it can be tough to project. But Pitt is a local school, has obviously had interactions with Lovelace. He comes to camp, performs well. They offer him, it puts him enough on the board. They clearly feel comfortable enough with it. And I think it's because of the projection within the scheme, man. I can see the athleticism right now just working extremely well at money. He's, he, you know, he said he was coming in maybe as a star. I could see his frame bulking up to Mike. Like that's the type of player we're talking about here. I think he's a versatile player that while his projection might initially be star could potentially bleed over into money or Mike. I think personally he's going to fit money better uh, just because of his, his explosiveness and his attacking style. He's a real junkyard dog player. Very, very ferocious. He's a big hitter. He's a guy that plays the game with a lot of intensity. Now you look at someone like Rasheen Biles, and 
he is similar in a lot of ways. Now, he plays safety at his level right now. And what makes me very excited about Biles is that projectable athleticism. Again, a lot of what linebacker play is nowadays is athleticism. And this is the type of kid that Pitts had a lot of success with in the past, right? The, the old linebacker, safety to linebacker pipeline, it is huge for Pitt. Cam Bright came from that. Uh, you had Phil Campbell come from that. Johnny Patrician came from that. All these guys were safeties and ended up being linebackers, really good linebackers too. And you look at an offer sheet like Phil Campbell's, and nowadays it's not going to blow your socks off, right? Boston College, Connecticut, Purdue, Rutgers, Syracuse, Temple, West Virginia. That's not some super offer sheet. You know, Biles has a decent offer sheet in that area too. And very similar build, 6'1", 195 for Campbell coming out of high school. And, and, and you look at Biles, 6'2", 180. He's going to have to bulk up. But I think he can work at the star really well. Natural coverage ability, playmaker, his ball skills are all there. Very fluid when he's flipping his hips. Kid's fast. He's a missile. He plays with a lot of ferocity. I like his ability to attack, but I like his ability to cover even more. He seems to me like a very natural fit to move from safety to star and fit there. This kid is an athlete first, and that's why they jumped on this guy. Because in other schemes, right, 6'2", 180, is he really a strong safety? Might be a little too slow to be there. But he's got the ferocity in his run defense and, and his ability to shed blocks, stack and shed blocks at a high level is another thing that I think that sticks out to them. Is This guy's a star. We can use his explosiveness to work around the trash and the run defense, but he's also got the cover skills and he's a playmaker. That's why. He's a projectable star position. And you don't always have that star linebacker role. And Pitt's defense is so unique in that that I think he's tailor-made for that star linebacker role, and that's why they were a little higher on him. Now, could he move around? He's 6'2", potentially. I think Lovelace has a little bit more room to grow into his frame, and so he's a little bit more versatile in terms of where he could move. Could always happen, of course, but I see him as a star. Well, I see Lovelace potentially more as a money. Uh, so that is kind of what I think overall, and I think they, they took them because the fit – in the athleticism of what they want to do at those outside spots. And then Lovelace is a projectability to potentially even move inside is something that you really look for. So I think it was, they were willing to take gambles on because of the upfront kind of experience they had with Lovelace and then with Biles. I think he just fits the star rule beautifully. I think he's tailor made for that. So I don't think they were going to pass up on him. If it was, you know, a three, four defense, different story, but in this defense, I don't think so. I still, though, want to discuss Montrevious Lloyd, and then we're going to preview a little bit of this upcoming recruiting weekend. Folks, it's all coming up here on today's episode of the Lock On Pit Podcast. We're going to go to a break. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Let's discuss Montrevious Lloyd now, who is a running back 
from Florida. And boy, <laughs> this kid has a lot of good traits to him. Now, the average sheet for him, when you look at the Florida kids, you're always like, where are the Florida schools? Are they all, are they in on him? And he has Florida State in on him. You see USF in there. Arizona's offered him. You know, Wake Forest, West Virginia, a lot of good offers on his sheet. Uh, and, and you see why immediately to me, uh, why that is the case. Because this is a guy that he, when I watch him make the cuts that he makes, then it's hard not to be excited about some of the stuff he does. He just cuts and goes. A true one cut back that's ready to play. And he's a guy that is really going to be a, a tough stop. He's going to be a tough stop because he can make special cuts happen. Now, I don't think he's super fast in the long speed department. I do think he's very explosive in short areas, which you really need at, at any level, really. But once you get to the college and the NFL levels, uh, that's when it really becomes very important. And then more importantly, you know, you look at someone like him, and his ability to catch the ball and his ability to run routes because he's essentially half running back, half slot receiver, and you love that too. So you can move him out of the formation, have him run the full route tree. He's very polished from a receiving standpoint coming out of high school. You don't see guys with this amount of, of polish on their routes and the hands and the body control that he has right away. And I think that's also extremely intriguing to pick, and it should be. And, and, you know, he's a tough runner, a guy that still probably needs to grow into his frame a little bit. Most kids do out of high school. Very few kids, aside from, you know, the five stars and such, are ready to play right away. Six foot 205, pretty good on his frame already, but could probably go up to six foot 220 if he really wanted to. And, and I look at him right away and I say, man, this guy, if, if they get him up to 220, the running style – it reminds you so much to me of a guy like Darren Hall, uh, who has that one cut ability to go, the tough running style, uh, and very similar players to me in terms of how they run and attack defenses, uh, attacking leverage really well, good vision. That's the type of stuff you see with Montrevious Lloyd. Uh, and in Hall, for a while there, you know, was a decent receiving back, too. They just didn't throw him the ball a lot. Um, but Lloyd's way more polished in that regard, but very similar. Uh, running styles in terms of what they bring to the table. And, and that's what makes Montreus Lloyd such a very intriguing and me. He's a fun player in, in every way you want him to be at running back. The guy is extremely polished for where he's at. So, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to make an impact right away because who knows who's going to be here and who isn't here. And I think that gives you – kind of question marks. So we'll see who ends up being here and not, and whether, you know, Davis is back, Izzy's back, whoever's here. We know for probably certain, right? Well, I guess you can't assume anything in the days of the transfer portal, but the, the two guys that you should definitely expect back are Rodney Hammond and Sebo Flemister. I would also expect Daniel Carter back, but who knows? He could be a transfer candidate too, um, but we'll see. So we'll see if Lloyd has the ability to maybe get early playing time, but I think he's pretty polished. Uh, I think he's not going to have a 
true ton of growth to make. Very polished with his running style. Ready to play now. Good vision. Understands leverage. Understands how to manipulate defenders. So I think he is pretty ready uh, to go now. We'll see what ends up happening. I think he can have a decent career, though. Uh, and again, reminds me a good bit of Darren Hall. And if that's what he ends up being, I mean, I think Pitt fans will take that any day of the week. Darren Hall is a pretty darn good back here for this Pitt football team in his heyday with the Panthers. Now, let's talk a little bit about upcoming recruiting weekend. As I've said before, it changed a lot. The, the canceled visits have been the big topic of discussion among the Pitt fan base and, and all of that. And that has been both good and bad. Um, to a degree, right? Because as I talked about earlier, I think there's a lot of overreaction to all of this. I think Pitt has their own board and, and they, they want who they want and they have tears and they say, okay, this is who we want. And this is what we're doing. And I think that you have to see these guys through that lens to a degree. Doesn't mean you have to agree with it, but understand the reasoning behind it, I think is necessary. You can have good skepticism and say, okay, why, why is that not happening? But I think just basing it off of star ratings isn't exactly how you should go about it. Offer sheets is a different story, and that's where your skepticism can maybe come in a little bit. I think that's why some of this skepticism is a little warranted, um, but I, I wouldn't be too worried about it um, at the at this point. I would be more worried about why they have no O-line commits uh, right now than I would be worried about anything, and that's why this weekend's big. Five O-linemen visiting. Uh, including three camp offers. So that's the question. Have they missed out on all the guys they really wanted? It's potential. Uh, there's potential to see that happening for them, unfortunately, which would really suck for Pitt because you would love to land these guys, man. You'd love to land guys like Philip Daniels and and Jordan Church and, and all of those guys. But we'll see if Pitt can reel them in. Uh, so that's going to be a big weekend for O-line because you would expect the big O-line class with the whole starting O-line potentially leaving after this year. It's very possible that could happen, but a lot of older guys on the line need to restock the room with some young blood uh, in that regard. I also think, you know, you obviously have Hakeem Williams coming, um, which is the big thing. They're going to devote a lot of attention to him, and we'll see where that ends up going. Big weekend for that. Pitt could potentially position themselves in a really good spot here. I think that you know, yeah, Texas A&M appears to be the front runner right now, but I don't think this is over at all. And I think Hakeem Williams is going to wait a while before he commits. So we'll see what ends up happening in this regard. And Jesse Anderson, the other guy that's coming, a DB, plays wide receiver, but Pitt sees him as a DB. I think that'll be uh, an interesting to watch too because he's a pretty good player, man. You look at what he has with his ball skills and his ability to mirror routes, and you have to be excited about that. So we'll see what ends up happening here in this recruitment game. Probably a little less – uh, active in terms of their commitments. You wouldn't expect five, maybe two or three uh, this weekend, but definitely one to pay attention to, especially in positioning for Hakeem Williams. All right, folks, we're going to have Lance White, Pitt women's basketball head coach, on the show in a little bit, so make sure to look out for that, folks. As always, though, thanks for listening, and as always, hail to Pitt.